This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, Captain. Are you ready to launch 101st Expedition into Nerdum? Preparing for launch. Queuing bitchin' rockabilly track. Priming engines. Priming phasers to kill. Kill. I mean stun. Unencrypting databases on horror. Comics. Video games. Wrestling. Launching ANS in 3. 2. 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Dan. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. Christian, we are one week away from the rise of Skywalker. Yes, it's Star Wars fever all over again. That's right. Uh, are you excited? I'm extremely excited. I finally got my tickets. I'm going to go at 2 a.m. like a madman. Are you going <laughs> Thursday night or are you going Friday? Night? I'm going to unfortunately go Friday. So hopefully I don't you know, run into any spoilers like I did with Avengers, which was it's a gonna, nightmare. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. <laughs> Um, I think I'm going Friday afternoon, so um, I'm just going to stay off the internet for, you know, a good, like, eight, eight, nine hours, and then, you know, hopefully not be spoiled, um, mm. and enjoy the movie. Yeah, luckily I get to edit this podcast all day on Friday, so <laughs> I'll stay off the internet for the most part. Um, yeah, man, I, were you surprised that it was completely sold out Thursday night? Have you had that <laughs> problem before? Because um, usually you go on uh, Thursday nights. Yes, but I mean, we usually record on Thursdays, so I was like, you know, I'll I'll be nice, I'll do the next day or something like that. But the main problem I ran into was like every single time slot at that point was sold out. Now Thursday, I did, you know, after I saw that on Friday, I was like, okay, Thursday then. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Nope, all sold out. Oh wow! Uh, you know, and it made sense. It's Star Wars. It's gonna happen. Yeah. And like when the tickets came out, I even I was like telling everyone's like, are, "Are we going?" Or I, I need to buy tickets now. <laughs> oh, so your group was kind of yeah. like procrastinating. Yeah. I just last week I just decided you know I'm paid. Let's let's just buy them now. Let's go. Okay. It's, it's two weeks away. <laughs> okay. I'm getting kind of screwed here. Fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. Um. Yeah, man. But you know, with Star Wars fever. There seems to also be some Star Wars drama happening right now, yeah. which is odd, um, especially with like a week, you know, away from the movie. But um, the drama's all coming like in house. It seems like with the Star Wars cam. Mm. Apparently, JJ and John Boega uh, are throwing a little shade Ryan Johnson's way, um, which feels odd because they've been kind of like you know towing that line. Um, saying nothing but glowing mm. things about Ryan Johnson's movie, uh, The Last Jedi, even though it was super divisive. Um, all of a sudden, I guess, on this recent like press tour, you know, JJ starts bringing up like the term meta and you know saying things like, "Oh, it doesn't feel like you know," or at least I don't want to paraphrase, but it feels well, like okay. everyone is. So it's, maybe do you have the actual yes. quote? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a meta approach to the story. I don't think that people go to Star Wars to be told. This doesn't matter, which I feel like is in reference to the whole Ray storyline in general. Probably, I'm assuming, but I, you know, people took it the other way, and it's regardless. Even if it is referring to that, before he said that, you know, he is complimenting, mm-hmm. you know, Ryan Johnson and everything, you know, talking about his bold choices and everything like that. But then he makes that comment, and it, I don't know, it feels like he's throwing some shade. Yeah. So, um, it's interesting. It, it, and then what? What did John say? He was. 
Um, John went in with pretty much saying, you know, I didn't agree with a lot of the decisions that they made in the film and that he'd even like spoken with Mark Hamill about once certain decisions. He didn't get into specifics, mm-hmm. but it seems pretty obvious that he probably didn't like what the angle with Luke was and the story there. Um, he was kind of on the same track as Abram saying that he wanted all the characters to be more together. That, and that's something that J.J. did bring yes. up, the fact that, you know, your core characters are completely apart, you know, and it's kind of weird that in, you know, The Rise of Skywalker is really the first time that you're having that core group all together. Mm-hmm. I mean, Poe didn't meet Rey until the very end of The Last Jedi. So that is a little odd, you know, for a trilogy. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, Boega's, like, comments it feels a little more damning mm-hmm. than, you know, J.J.'s either. He's probably just mad because he had the worst storyline in the film. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the Space Horses? No. <laughs> and it seems like he's going to be riding more Space Horses. Exactly. Than this one, so. <laughs> Do you feel like, you know, because this is such odd timing, timing with, like, you know, the movie being, like, a week away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know they're on a press tour and, you know, th- those things are exhausting and they're having to answer a lot of questions. Um, so I, I maybe they just start to kind of wear down and their, you know, PR filter kind of, you know, I don't know, just kind of skipped a beat. But, like, do you feel like maybe this was actually a PR move on their part to distance themselves from The Last Jedi? I don't feel like it is. Because at this point, what... What purpose does it draw for them? I, I feel like more it's, hey, the movie's coming out. I don't really have to put on a filter anymore. <laughs> I don't know, though. I mean, there was such a huge fan backlash to The Last Jedi that mm-hmm. affected, like, Solo's box office. And it ended up, like, even causing the studio to rethink, you know, the future of, you know, the Star Wars franchise. Where they had to cancel a lot of those spin-off films that they had planned, you know, for... Um, Boba Fett and Obi-Wan so I mean I could see it you know being almost a move where they're like okay well we gotta distance up just in case those you know you know people are still out there you know wanting to like boycott this film just because of The Last Jedi still I guess I just we're different we're not The Last Jedi I guess I just hope that Star Wars is bigger than that at this point it's not I mean, we've seen that that you know mm. some fans not all fans could be pretty petty and you know they're you know just going to go ahead and raise a fucking ruckus you know just to be heard so i mean i i want to believe it is a vocal minority um but i mean it's a pretty strong you know minority regardless i, I agree i mean the minority is going to be huge because it's star wars it's mm. a, such a massive fan base no matter what yeah yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I hope that people are willing just to go into the movie with an open mm. mind and just judge it on its own merits and not hold The Last Jedi against it. I definitely had my issues with The Last Jedi, but overall, I did enjoy the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand why, you know, people left the theater with kind of a bad taste in their mouth at the same time, so... I can see past, you know, some of those choices that he made and, you know, enjoy the film on its own. But, you know, I get it at the same time, but I'm not going to, like, not enjoy Star Wars. Like, it's not going to ruin Star Wars for me. Yeah. You know, at the same time. So. I agree. There's parts I did not like. We all know it's Rose and Finn. But, <laughs> um, you know, I come to terms with Poe's storyline in general. And I and I feel like the film is always going to resonate with me for 
um, Ray's storyline throughout it. Um, and cinematically, I think it's the most beautiful Star Wars film that's ever come out. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going back to that color-wise um, and everything. There's so many vibrant colors and cinematic decisions that they made in this film that I thought was beautiful. It is a good-looking mm-hmm. film. That that's for sure. So I mean, but yeah, storyline-wise, it's it's rocky. It definitely challenges you mm-hmm. as a Star Wars fan. But that's not a bad thing. You know, I feel like good cinema should challenge you. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see if they can stick the landing. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. Before we move on, here's a word from our sponsor. Support for the amazing nerd show comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's right, jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. So this past birthday, my wife picked me up the Manscaped 2.0. Um, you get to be middle-aged, you start looking like a Wookiee down there. Let me tell you, it changed our lives, Christian. Well, that's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The lawnmower 2.0 comes inside the Perfect Package 2.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelly nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face that you use on your balls. That's just gross. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes a crop preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and a moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not put deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, fellas, your balls do stink. Hey, speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm thankful for the Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keep your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs. They'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those used pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxer briefs. Tis the season of Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and your friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Right now, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. And you can check that out on the link below. Your balls will thank you. That's right, fellas. Get 20% off and free shipping using the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code BIGHEADS. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Ho, ho, ho. Before we get into the news, if you're liking what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you enjoy most. We're on everything. And while you're at it, help further support the show by giving us a five-star review. Yes, let's get into the news. Every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors and nerd them. We are not mild-mannered reporters. We are mere podcasters with opinions. All right, Damon, this week was CCXP, and we got tons of great news stories out of it. Starting up, The Conjuring 3 gets a new title. Yes, uh, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Um, How do you feel about this title, Christian? It's a little too long for my taste. <laughs> yeah, I kind of hate it. 
<laughs> Sounds like a bad, like, cheesy direct-to-DVD B-movie from, like, the 90s. The devil made me do it. So I was kind of surprised by the title. I was mm. like, is that the working title? or? But no, it's the title of the film. Um, we also got a date. It's going to be September 11th, 2020. So it is right around the corner. Um, you know, it's been a long time coming. I've been excited for this film for a while. Uh, Patrick Wilson talked about it. Um, he said they're taking it a different direction. The bones are still there from, you know, the first two films. Um, but it's going to be about a guy who's on trial for committing murder. Um, so it's going to be kind of different tone-wise, it seems like. Uh, he, it's, I guess, the first time in America's history where a defendant uses possession as a reason or an excuse. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like we're going to go kind of like the true crime route a mm. little here, which is kind of interesting. And I'm guessing they're going to use Anne Lorraine as like consultants to see if like he's telling the truth. I hope we're not getting like, like a courtroom drama though. <laughs> like that's my fear. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be a courtroom drama uh, with like deaths happening or in like uh, stories that he's telling and stuff like that. I really hope not. Um, this time around, it's directed by Michael Chavez. Um, and it is written by David Leslie Johnson, who actually did the second Conjuring. Um, James Wan is obviously still on as a producer. Mm-hmm. So uh, Michael Chavez did, what was the film's name, Christian? Um, La Llorona, The Curse of La Llorona. Which was also a spinoff yes. of The Conjuring. Like a verse. loose spinoff. Right. <laughs> uh, it was yeah. like the one that they were afraid to admit was a spinoff at the time. <laughs> or like it was already like made and they wanted like, tried to get an extra uh-huh. million out of it so they this <laughs> tagged conjuring along with it i didn't see the film so yeah. i didn't hear great things about mm. it so i don't know i'm a little worried mm. um especially but, if they say that they're taking it in a new direction you know it's like yeah is that is this the right choice that we're making i mean at least we have a writer that's you know been with the series for a little bit yes exactly so that i don't know i don't know that gives me a little more confidence mm-hmm. but at the same time i i the title's killing me. I think that's really what's doing it. It's the fucking title. I'll wait for the trailer mm-hmm. to, you know, just completely hate all over the thing. But it's, I, I'm not too excited about this right now. I gotta say. And that was, I don't know, That that's a complete about face for me. Um, yeah, so. I feel like the change in concept really could go either way. Yes. Like you could get like a Stephen King style film out of this or you could get, I don't know... <laughs> yeah that's Just the a problem bad courtroom that's the drama. problem i don't know <laughs> so um but yeah no i'll try to be positive i i you know we'll see i'm sure there'll be a trailer you know soon um but yeah no conjuring three yay <laughs> all right well talking about staying positive i guess there's going to be a potential kill bill three in the future <laughs> yes uh quinn tarantino recently did an interview uh on the uh andy cohen show on sirius xm and uh andy cohen asked him like directly if there was going to be a kill bill volume three and quinn pretty much said yes um apparently the bad blood is over with uma thurman he sat down with her for dinner yeah Uh, (laughs) which i think was almost the bigger news story because there was definitely some like tension there Mm -hmm. some beef i guess ever since kill bill which we I, no one knew about until like Uma did like this huge interview like this year. So um, it, it, 
it that's that's awesome because we're both ex- we're big fans of Kill Bill, mm-hmm. um, but it sounds like you know he's got a few other things he's working on right now. I guess there's a play and a TV series which I haven't heard anything about. Um, but then it sounds like maybe in like two or three years there might be a Kill Bill Volume Three. It's in, when Andy asked him, "Is this your next film project?" He said yes. So do you I, think the play is like twelve hours? <laughs> and like it's an entire like it's like shot for shot like what this guy is doing in day life his daily life i think are you are you making reference to once of yes in hollywood um, i can't imagine him writing a play after that film well you know what if you really think about it though reservoir dogs could be a play yes you know i mean really it's one set piece i mean there are you know well maybe there's two or three but mm. most of that movie is one set piece, like 80% of that film. That really would work well as a play. Yes, I'm surprised no one's done. Maybe they have, and, you know, <laughs> we're not big on the play scene, but yeah. So, I, I mean, I I could see him writing a play. I feel mm. like that's right up his avenue, honestly. So, so do you think they're going to go the route where they have, you know, Copperhead's daughter, you know, that, you know, one of the assassins that, you know, the bride takes down and, you know, mm-hmm. the first movie come after her? That feels like the obvious choice, but based off what he was saying with like, you know, it's the bride's journey and everything, mm-hmm. I feel like he has a different story in mind to show from her perspective rather than that. Which I'm I'm totally down though for having just the grown up daughter getting revenge and you uh, kinda just have her in this kind of um It would be a nice bookend because it yeah. does go full circle mm-hmm. then. But I mean it could and she actually makes mention of it, you know. That she's going to come after her eventually and she understands why. But... Yeah, it's the typical trope about revenge and how uh-huh. it's, it's always a vicious circle in general. So. Yes. So, um, and I think there's a way to explore the bride in that. You know, she doesn't have to necessarily be like the villain of the piece or anything mm. like that. I mean, it could be shown from her perspective. But, I mean, I don't know. I trust Quinnen. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, ex- I'm just excited the film is going to finally happen, it sounds like. I would say I have the two daughters fight. <laughs> get real crazy <laughs> alright we finally got some new dates for DC films coming out in the next few years alright so we've got Shazam coming out April 1st 2022 and that will be just like three months after uh, Black Adam which is interesting timing mm-hmm. so possibly we might see Black Adam I don't know if they Shazam have the film. money to afford The Rock back to back but hey man if they keep out on the streak that they're at they might you never know. Aquaman did put in a shit ton of money. I'm just saying. I mean, it's it is odd timing. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, or convenient timing, if you will. I just um, hope that Shazam kind of like the second one mm-hmm. f- works on its tone. I don't know if you ever got a chance to finally see the first one. I did not. But it was just kind of all over the place. It's dark and funny, and mm-hmm. dark and very funny. It's was like, it like big with like murder? Mm-hmm. basically <laughs> i was like this is a kid's movie with a lot of murder uh-huh. <laughs> and then you bring in like a character like black adam possibly mm-hmm. who's a very dark character so that would be interesting where i would think yet you would have more of those tone problems we gotta so. get full heel <laughs> <laughs> the rock <laughs> um but uh levi he mentioned too that they've got to do the movie sooner than later because those kids are all going to grow up on them mm-hmm. and there really won't be a point to this movie because they're going to be transforming. They're going to be men transforming into other men. They could be scrawny the... men transforming <laughs> into other I men. I guess, but that kind of goes against the whole like premise. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, but then also, or you just recast the kids, right? I guess. I mean, people still go they, see the they kids. Movie. They deserve it. I didn't see the first one. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not shitting on the kids, but they all did a great job. Okay, <laughs> they get five more kids. But anyway, people aren't there for the kids. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, then uh, the Flash finally got a date, which mm-hmm. is huge news because they've been in like pre-production hell for the last couple of years. Uh, but yeah, July first, twenty twenty-two. Do you still think that they will use the Flash as a way to restart the universe? I don't know. I'm because that's been the big thing that fans have at least been clamoring where for. Where they do Flashpoint? Yes. Um, I just I feel like I don't want them to worry about the universe anymore. Mm. I don't want them to worry about you know this whole premise of like shared universe. I feel like they're good just doing these like standalone films and just let it be you know tell your stories your individual stories and just make sure they're good films Mm. and you know all that you know whatever i mean i guess they could go that route and you know start like a multiverse if they wanted to um but I, i don't know i just don't want them to worry about that you know and just you know concentrate on the film that's in front of them honestly so but uh speaking of the film that's in front of us we got a trailer for Wonder Woman 84. Now, I take what I want in return. Everyone will see. Born from lies. And greatness is not what you think. So the plot is still unknown for this. Yes. Um, but we definitely know it takes place in 1984. They've beat us over the head with that. I mean, it's in the title. I mean, um, even watching the trailer, yes. would you say you know what the plot is? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, it's just a lot of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did enjoy the trailer. Um, it's a little over the top. I mean, she's literally swinging from a lightning bolt, it seems like. Um, but I If Blue was... Monday didn't do it for you, swinging from lightning will. I, <laughs> I thought it was badass. I really did enjoy the trailer. Um, you know, crazy boots and all. Mm-hmm. She's got like these like platform boots on. I was like, what the fuck are they? <laughs> But that's cool. I don't know. I dug it. Um, it it really is like I don't know. It, the tone is completely different. Mm. I feel like than you know from the first one. I mean, I I think it's just a case of the time period, and they're trying to capture that on film. Um, but I don't. I everything I saw was promising. It, it, there was no narrative whatsoever to the trailer, though. So it's just kind of like a bunch of stuff happening. Um, I don't know. What what were your thoughts, Christian? I don't know. Even though it's, you know, based in the 80s, I got this weird, like, it's the original show vibe from it. Like, it just felt like, oh, this is Steve Trevor and Wonder like, Woman on Adventures. Like uh, the 70s show yes. you're talking about? Um, yeah, I could kind of see that. Um, 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, he's rocking the members-only jackets. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, I haven't watched that show in a long time, though, with Linda Carter. So, um, but it does feel like it's a product of its time, like where they're trying to do up the whole, like, mm-hmm. 80s vibe big time. So, um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I probably knew it before, but I didn't realize that Maxwell Ward was, like, the main villain of the film. I mean, Cheetah, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's interesting that they would choose him as the main villain because they have an assorted, like, past in the comics um, it definitely seems like we're gonna get a cheetah um, origin, origin story. story. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I'm glad that we didn't see like her transformation mm-hmm. here. I hope they like hold on to that until the you know the film's actually released. It's uh, it's Warner Brothers, Damon. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You're so we'll see it next sequence. trailer, exactly. and there'll be character posters <laughs> and everything. But they, you know, so far so good. Mm. We st- we haven't seen it yet. Uh, but yeah, no, I we'll, we'll definitely or the toys will leak it at least. <laughs> so, and we actually got the winged eagle armor, which I thought was a crazy choice. Uh, that's the armor that she gets in Kingdom Come. Mm-hmm. So, and that's like a, I don't know, just you know, Diana, a completely different stage of her life. You know, that's like the warrior like Diana. So. I'm curious to see if they go that route, especially with like, you know, Max Lord in this film. So Max Lord is interesting because in the comics, Wonder Woman ends up killing him. Um, So, you know, she's at wit's end. I think he's like got control over Superman or something like that. He's got like uh, telepathic Mm -hmm. powers. So um, she breaks his neck. I, you know, turns a, the head all the way around. It's a very controversial storyline <laughs> at the time. It's like pre-New 52. So, I don't know. I don't know if they're... I, I mean, it would feel completely wrong for the tone of this trailer that we got that, you know, we're going to get this, like, new edgier Wonder Woman, but maybe they go that route? I mean, it would make sense for... if. If it's like the storyline purposes where it's like, oh, she's kind of ashamed of what she did during this time period. And that's why she's trying to hide as much as possible. Why do you feel like she's hiding as much as possible? Well, as they as they presumed in Justice League, um, you know, she's like, you don't know what I've been through. And, what, you know, Batman starts asking her, like, what have you been like the last few years and stuff well, like that? Well, it's basically, he said, like, it. I believe she states that, or he states that she was pretty much inactive mm-hmm. like through all those years from like world war one to you know present day so it was a little like i don't know when they announced the film it was like oh okay so we're gonna tell a story in the 80s when it felt like oh she was just kind of retired through that time well apparently she wasn't yes. yeah. we do see her um breaking cameras with her lasso so maybe she's been like doing that over time I thought there was some cool lasso play. Mm-hmm. I will say that. You know, that sounds kinky. Um, but <laughs> but I, I liked the way that, uh-huh. they, you know, she kind of showed off her powers and everything like that. The one scene uh, did feel like it was kind of like ripped right out of Justice League where she's like in, it felt like yes, the bank. The uh, bank scene is, it looks exactly the same. I don't know where she is during the film. Like mm-hmm. if it's um, a White House facility or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's why it feels Or a museum. Because I was like, did we see this already? Mm-hmm. You know, and she's... I like her fighting style. I like how she, like, kind of, like, glides along the floor and everything like that. Um, it, it seems like she's almost using the lasso to fly at times. Like, is... I, mean, I don't know if she's going, like, the Spidey route or what. Um, oh, uh, could, speaking of flying, 
there might be the jet. Yes. The yes. invisible jets. Because, you know, what I was alluding to before when I was talking about the lightning bolts, mm-hmm. um, you, you see her kind of throw her lasso up there and, like, start to swing. Um, and then there's a shot of them, like, her and Steve, like, in a, it looks like an aircraft. So some people are kind of speculating whether or not that lasso is actually, like, latching onto her invisible jet. Wow. And then that scene is them in the actual invisible jet. So. No, I like the idea for just riding lightning. <laughs> that would be pretty badass, though, right? It goes along with the whole Zeus. Cue the Metallica, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is the 80s. Oh, so. it's 84. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I'm Patty Jenkins is back. Uh, I'm looking forward to this film. I like, too, that they didn't really give too much away with, like, Steve, like, how he's back. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, no, this is actually Steve from the past. Um, there's definitely some parallels there with the watch giving and everything yeah that's an interesting choice mm-hmm. so I, I don't know how they're gonna explain that uh, <laughs> we'll see I i'm hoping it's not like a lost lost cousin like where he just happens to get his memories or something no but she's showing him around though mm-hmm. in a part of the trailer i think they're outside the mall and you know they're talking about modern art and yes. he's staring at the garbage can so it feels like he's kind of a man out of time so i don't think they're gonna go that route um, thank yeah. <laughs> I just also hope that it, it doesn't like slow down the film either, you know, with his whole storyline. No, that's the middle 20 minutes, dude. <sighs> <laughs> do we feel like Cheetah is actually like the main villain, or do we feel like she's a henchman for, you know, Maxwell? I feel like she will be a uh, villain of circumstance. Where she'll get into maybe trouble with either Max Lord or she'll get into some type of situation between Wonder Woman and Max that makes her, that gets into her transformation. Okay. I don't think she'll be like necessarily a pawn, but I don't see her as the main villain. Okay. Do you, for this film, you feel like she'll be sympathetic though? Yes. She's definitely friends with Diana in the start mm-hmm. of the movie. That goes along with her original like origin, you know? So. For a reason to hate her, you know? I want to mm-hmm. see like, Oh, they become friends, and then there's a betrayal element to it. So I'm wondering, maybe the winged eagle armors to protect her from Cheetah, because like Cheetah's like claws mm-hmm. can pierce, you know, Diana. So that what makes her such a formidable foe for her. So I mean, I guess that's a way to explain the need for the you know the eagle armor. But usually that shit is like you know held back for like huge battles and shit. So. Unless there's another like big like villain that we're not, you know. I hope I hope to. we don't get the same issue because the first one's issue was that third act mm-hmm. where we just randomly get a new villain. Yes, and yes. now they're fighting. Yes, it kind of felt shoehorned in yes. there. Yeah, so I don't know, um, but I'm definitely looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, well that's not the only trailer that came out this week. Uh, we also had a trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife. It has a 
gunner's seat? When a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. Now, damn it, for me, when I saw this trailer, I was like, this gave me kind of those early Man of Steel trailer vibes, where it was like really hyping up um, the Ghostbusters and everything. Like, I definitely didn't give me that same tone of any previous Ghostbusters film. It's definitely... A different uh -huh. it felt very spielberg almost um which i dug i, I got chills mm -hmm. when they did the reveal of you know egon's like uniform and yeah. basement and everything like that i did like that touch um it's going to be interesting to see like because we know that the original characters are actually in this film too i don't know if it's just like a cameo or something like mm -hmm. that but to see like you know bill murray and dan Aykroyd, you know and ernie hudson like act like in this world, you know, those characters in this, you know, tone of a film. I, I don't know. We'll see how it works. But I, I don't know. I dug everything that I saw. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Once again, I was very happy with what we got. So. Um, no, I can honestly say I'm not sure if I need them after seeing this trailer. Hmm. I was like, I oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I need them, Christian. But that being said, um, I'm definitely okay with it being like a smaller role. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I want to see what the story is. I want to see like, you know, where Paul Rudd's character is going to take us. It seems like he's going to be kind of like the gatekeeper, mm -hmm. you know, until, you know, this different time, really like kind of explaining to, you know, these kids like who the Ghostbusters were. For some reason, you know, they can't just Google it, it seems like. I don't know if it's something that's just not talked about. You would think that would be life-changing. Ghosts yeah. exist. Yeah, ghosts actually existed at some point, and maybe that's something you just don't talk to your kids about, but they've been gone for 30 years, apparently. Um, but, like, they pull out the ghost trap, and they he knew exactly what it was. So, I don't know. I really liked this trailer, though. It it had a strong, like, 80s vibe to it, you know? And maybe that's because it was so Spielberg-like. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm happy that they have a different tone, but I'm also a little, I don't know, worried that it's going to be too much and, you know, there's going to be backlash again with, like, fandom, um, which we saw with, you know... Which was more of a straight up like remake with you know the last Ghostbuster mm. film, so I hope that people are willing to give this movie a chance, you know, um, you know, because it is it seems like it's gonna lean heavily on you know the kids this time around, and I almost mean, have like a Goonies vibe maybe. Even if it's like a got a like sleeper hit style run where it's like you got the initial people and then it's a boom, I, I'd be fine. But with the that. studio doesn't want that, Christian. They I know that's <laughs> If it has that type of like drawing <laughs> power, there's not going to be another film, unfortunately. So we saw that with the last film. Like mm -hmm. you know, there's a following now behind that film, and there are a lot of people defending that film. I wasn't a huge fan of the film. I wanted to be though. I wasn't one of those people who hated on that movie like just from the get go, just because there were women Ghostbusters. I thought that was ridiculous. Um, you know, we'll see if people are more forgiving of kid Ghostbusters because that definitely feels like the route they're mm -hmm. going to go. And maybe the kids like draw the originals out of retirement. 
So um, a lot of people are comparing this to Stranger Things in general, just because Finn Wolfhard's in it, but. Stranger Things <laughs> is drawing from Ghostbusters, so that it makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Stranger Things source material is the eighties, mm-hmm. so and that's where Ghostbusters existed. So of course there's going to be similarities, but that's absolutely absurd. <laughs> Do your homework, people. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hate fandoms. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, other trailers that we have are The Grudge. I'm Detective Muldoon. I'm going to talk to you about a woman we found. Will you feed me? Excuse me? William, he always used to feed me. (laughs) William was your husband? Yeah. Ma'am, are you alone in the house right now? Are you alone? Will you help me, please? Uh, You have to help me. A house is cursed by a vengeful ghost that dooms those who enters it with a violent death. Yeah, this is much more violent than I remember the grudge being. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This was a great scene that they decided to play out for us. Yes, so this kind of followed the formula of the It Chapter 2 trailer. Did you notice that where it gave us basically almost a full scene and then it went to like a montage you know, of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to be a new trailer style that's happening in the past, like, year or so. Because there was some other movie that did that also. Um, just my... happens to same this... Just happens to have the same actress <laughs> as the uh, Chapter 2 uh, Oh, sequence. yeah, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure she has no say, but yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, my fear is always that they're going to give us... Like, they're giving away the scares. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did feel that with like it chapter two when it came to that scene where it's like, I wish I didn't know what happened here because I feel like it'd been more effective. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a badass scene, but um, I enjoyed this scene though. I-, I thought it was really effective. And you know, once again, when that montage hit, like with the teaser trailer, I was like, what the fuck are we about to see? This feels very different than the original grudge. Um, it but feels, in a positive. Yes, it feels bigger, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it feels a lot more violent from the scenes that we're seeing. So it's not just about a little, like, weird ghost boy who meows, <laughs> uh, which I liked the grudge. Uh-huh. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but that's all I can really remember from mm-hmm. it. I need to go back and watch it. Um, but this trailer has a total different, like, I don't know, feeling to it. So it feels bigger mm-hmm. than the original grudge, if you will. 
this feels like it's going to go more towards a violent route where the original was a lot of suspense and a lot of feeling of dread mm-hmm. throughout it. But there was a good... I felt like the scene that we saw was suspenseful, though. Yes, like, but- I'm just saying, like, the original didn't have that exclamation point to each dreadful suspense moment. You know what I'm saying? What an awesome job Lin Shea did in this scene, though. Like, in this trailer. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy... She... I mean, she basically started a whole new career for herself. Because <laughs> she's got to be, like, in her mid-60s. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, with, like, Insidious and everything like that, it's like she's a scream queen now at this point. I mean, they, people shouldn't mention her name when it comes to, like, you know, scream queens. Because she really is, like, you know, doing the horror genre proud. So... You know, good for her. Will, will she end up on our icon list at some point? Maybe. I mean, she keeps on going this route. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. So, I mean, I mean, presuming this movie's actually good. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, a really effective scene where I was like, "Holy shit, what the fuck are we seeing?" Um, and I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really. At first, I was like, "Oh, the Grudge." Okay, because we got like. Uh, the ring, like a the sequel, ring, yeah, the sequel. rings or whatever. Yes, and I had no interest whatsoever. <laughs> you know, from the trailer, you know, from the get go, like I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna see this. And I enjoyed like the mm-hmm. original uh, ring, um, not so much the sequel. But you know, with this, I, you know, when I heard about it, I was like, eh, nah, probably not for me. But then when I saw the trailer, I, I was like, holy shit, man, this actually could be good. And this is actually directed by um, the guy who did Piercing, which. I reviewed earlier this year. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the film, but it was definitely promising. Mm. Um, and I did enjoy like his vision at least, you know, I, he, he's definitely talented. I just, I didn't feel like he stuck the landing with that film. Um, but I'm excited by what I'm seeing here. And it feels like he's going to take it in a very interesting direction where it's going to be something outside the box of what you would usually expect from like a J horror film. So I don't know. No, yeah, I have to agree with your worries. Uh, the rings, rings was, you know, pretty bad. But, I mean, <laughs> and they're even, not connected. They're not connected, so. no. Um, you just, you know, you hope that they don't take these J-horrors and, you know, just use them to make money. You know, you, you want to see a good story play out. Uh, and I think horrors just decided to make some good ones all of a sudden. So, <laughs> so yeah, I just Googled it. The Grudge was PG-13. Oh, Okay. So yeah, they've definitely like upped the ante <laughs> mm-hmm. with this. This is definitely rated R. So I mean, we saw the you know no, our the Japanese version but... is fucking terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> but it's still not. It didn't feel like this trailer no. though. Mm-hmm. So um, and I enjoyed the American version of this. I saw that first before I saw you know the Japanese version. So, um, but this trailer is just a different beast altogether. So, I mean, all it takes is the right, you know, people to get behind the film. Absolutely. So, I mean, hey, let's hope bring that, out the grudge. <laughs> yeah, let's hope that Pesh does a better job with this one than what you had seen with uh, Piercing. All right, well, with all that big screen talk, let's get into the small screen with The Mandalorian. Freeze! No! Drop your weapons! No, 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 pardon. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to alarm uh, this is dr pershing please excuse his lack of decorum his enthusiasm outweighs his discretion please lower your blaster have them lower theirs first we have you four to one 
I like those odds. All right, so up front and center, spoilers. Uh, we're going to be talking about The Mandalorian, the first half. So we are through five episodes now yes. at this point. Um, Christian, what are your thoughts? Um, I have spoken. Okay. <laughs> so we're just going to quote the film for the next 15 minutes. Yes. <laughs> and then call it a night. Um, Baby Yoda is bringing in a brand new audience to Star Wars in general. Like, I'm hearing people who have never watched a single film just say, I love Star Wars now just because of Baby really? Yoda. Yes. Okay. <laughs> just memes, huh? Yes, just memes. <laughs> it's a weird world we live in, it right? <laughs> um, I really enjoy the show. I, I was definitely taken aback because when the trailers made it seem... Like, we're going to get, like, a storyline throughout all the episodes. But this is very much, like, there is a through line, which is Baby Yoda in general. But it is very much kind of like a Western-style show where there's an event happening each episode that he has to deal with. You know, it. yes, it's very episodic mm -hmm. so far. Um, and it definitely borrows a lot from the Western genre. I mean, literally, like, storylines, you know, from the Western genre. Mm -hmm. Like, the last, like, two episodes in particular, um, you know, five and four, are very much, like, a very typical kind of archetype um, for a Western story. You know, you've got the gunslinger who comes, you know, and, you know, protects the small town. And then um, you've got the, you know, the outlaw who's kind of training, you know, the new young gun. And then that young gun, like, turns on him. Mm. I said spoilers already. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a very, very classic Western story type. Um, I think, for me, it's the whole kind of samurai element that has been thrown into it, you know, with, you know, young, you know, Baby Yoda and everything. That's kind of thrown me off a little. Um, just having to adjust my, you know, expectations um, you know, I was expecting kind of this like grittier tale, um, where we kind of saw like the underbelly mm -hmm. of, you know, the Star Wars universe and we're getting that, but I feel like tone wise, it's getting kind of almost not watered down, but you know, it's, it, it's just kind of a, a mixed bag just because of that whole baby Yoda element where we're getting this like cuteness, like mm -hmm. that's thrown in there. With this child where I, you know, and I get why they've done that. And I've enjoyed it so far. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, it's on Disney Plus and, you know, they have to attract a different audience. It's, exactly. it's, it's rated PG. Yeah, that's what I know? wanted to throw at you. Do you feel like this is more of a kid's show than what we expected? It's definitely more accessible to children than I originally thought it was going to be. Like at first I was like, oh, there's no way. You know, I would let my daughter watch this just going off like the trailers and mm -hmm. the teasers that we got. Um, now I feel like it's totally something that my daughter could watch. You know, she's five, but, I, you know, she'll definitely be all about Baby Yoda and everything like that. And nothing that we're seeing so far unless like the next, you know, how many episodes do we have left? I believe there's only three. I yeah. The next, like, you know, couple episodes, you know, completely change, you mm -hmm. know, um, their style. Um, I feel like it's a story that she could totally understand and, you know, not be terrified by. Mm -hmm. It's not going to traumatize her. I mean, I, it, she's she's going to see worse in, like, Revenge of the Sith, honestly. So, um, 
I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm still enjoying it, though. Um, but I'm wondering, like, once this ends, if I'm still going to have that, like, craving to see that kind of, you know, underworld Star Wars story that I thought this was going to be. Um, I would say yes. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm still going to want to see more. You know, if, if they want to throw it towards, you know, mall gangster stuff. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is still a lot of big implications that we haven't... Because where is this character in the world? Is it going to die by the end of the show? Um, I doubt that. We know there's season... You're talking about the series or like this season? Uh, I guess this season, but most likely in this series in general. Okay. Is Baby Yoda going to survive there's the Mandalorian? No way, there's no way they're killing Baby Yoda. I, but where is it in the universe? Oh my lord. Do you well, think he shows galaxy. up at the end no. of, of episode 9? <laughs> I think they could tie it off and let him have his own separate story where they don't have to tie it into like the other films. Um, it would you, be interesting. It's... It does open up a mm-hmm. big you know, kind of plot hole, I guess. Because um, he is, what, he's 50. And we know that, you know, from what we know of the species, since there's only two that we've ever been introduced mm-hmm. to, that they live into their, like, 500s. So, um... And he's clearly <sighs> adept with the Force. Well, speaking of plot holes, because, okay. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a big one to dive into. Um, now, how do you feel about the whole Mandalorian, like, lore that they've introduced? I like it. I dig the religion and everything, but it doesn't fit with the uh, yes. the current Star well, Wars universe. With everything saying. that they introduced with Rebels, mm-hmm. that's kind of where it's, I don't know, chafing for me, if you will, where it's like rubbing up against that. Um, you know, what they're showing us and like basically their rituals and everything like that and the way they go about their business feels completely different than what we saw in Rebels. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole aspect of them not being able to remove their helmets. Um, you know, uh, there was something that they introduced, which I didn't quite understand, where, like, they, there could only be one out oh, at yeah. a time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't know if that's, like, maybe that could just be something new now. Because um, we have no idea what happened to, like, their culture and everything like that. Why it seems like they're kind of, like, underground, you know, and almost, like, hiding um in the rebels like they're removing their helmets all the fucking time you know and like it just feels like a more thriving you know planet and you know society and everything like that so and maybe this is just like a certain like sect of like mandalorians Mm. you know more like you know i don't know like religious like tribe or something who are like you know like follow the doctrine you know, forbatum or something. I, I don't know, because Sabine and, like, her group yeah. <laughs> definitely weren't following this shit, you know? Like, they, they were absolutely taking off their helmets in front of strangers, in front of each other. Like, so I was a little taken back by that. Um, and I haven't seen any kind of explanation so far, and I haven't really been, like, doing a deep dive, so maybe I should do that, <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, but if anyone knows what the deal is with that you know leave us a comment um because i'm definitely interested i'll probably google after the show Mm. (laughs) but um yeah that 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 has been you know a little bit of a sticking point for me um i've dug what we've seen of the mandalorians that being said you know i did like that scene you know with them um after you know he gets his armor and everything like that and we have like the heavy armored you know mandalorian show up and kind of challenge him and everything and um, you know, then show up at the end of the episode and, you know, basically they all save his ass. Um, I dug that, you know, 
um, you know, where I know some people were kind of confused by it, you know, when they kind of set up the whole, you know, only one could be out at once, you know, why would they go ahead and risk themselves? Well, it's still but, a member of their own tribe. You know. Exactly. They're not going to let him get killed. Especially with yeah. all that Beskar on him. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. How do you feel about the armor? Um, I dig it. I, I don't have a problem with the silver. I like seeing, like, the interworkings. I love the fact that we saw, like, behind the chest plate and everything like that. Um, you know, and I love the fact that we're kind of seeing, like, these different, like, powers and everything like that. The different arsenal and everything mm. that he's got. I've dug to. watching the armoring in general, just watching her create it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty cool, too. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Um, do you feel like the storytelling is being hurt at all by the fact that he can't remove his mask? No, because I feel like it's just a part of his story in general like i feel like we haven't seen everything that had led up to or everything about his young self yet mm-hmm. um, i definitely think that there is an opportunity for them to explain why this sect is out there and you know hiding in general because i feel like you know this is just an extreme group and or they might go into why mandalore is kind of like has fallen so far you know? Yeah, like maybe it's like an orthodox group yeah. or something like that where they're just really hardcore to like the Mandalorian, like, you know, you know, values or something. Because like the only that. other explanation I could really give is because he wasn't, and again, spoilers, he wasn't born Mandalorian and maybe this whole group besides her is, you know, um, the younglings that weren't born Mandalorian and their way of getting in and getting that final, like, um, you know, you get the right to take off your helmets is, you know, by following this creed to a certain letter. You and know what I'm saying? writing, like, mythos now. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just how my brain is wrapping uh, yeah, around Yeah, maybe. But... Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but, you know, I will say, like, Pedro Pascal, like, he's done a fantastic job mm-hmm. for you. Just, I mean, just, like, through, like, body language. You know, he's able to convey, like, mm-hmm. you know, his emotions and everything like that. And I think that's, you know, you know, just a strong performance, you know, on his part. So that's not easy to do. Now, I don't know how much he's always in the suit. I don't know if we've seen any, like, articles about that at this point. You know, is he always in the suit? Or, you know, is he is he just doing voiceover work? Or is he just sometimes... I mean, I know, obviously, with the stunt work, he's probably not in the suit. But even the stunt work that they've done, I would say a lot of it he could do, technically, on mm. his own. I haven't seen anything where it's like, it absolutely has to be a stuntman, really, yet. Yeah, it depends on their insurance, I guess. Yes, right? sure. <laughs> Do you feel any better about the CGI? I know in the first like two episodes, you felt like it was kind of spotty here and there. Do you feel like it's kind of like solidified at all or gotten better at least? Um, it's gotten better to a point. Like I feel like certain times I'm like that's that's a little shaky. Like um, in the last episode where we have the um, ATST walking, and there's a bit of like it looks like. They've imposed the ATST there mm-hmm. in a weird way. Like, I mean, yeah, obviously they did do that in editing. They imposed it there. Yeah. But it it feels like I don't know how they get so much they get so much of the um, practical effects right, and then you can really tell when something isn't practical on the screen. That blending's not there. Yes. Yeah. Um, I felt that way to a certain extent too. The one thing that I want to bring up is like. 
the like night scenes are like almost too dark for me. Ah. Like I can't tell like like I feel like I'm missing out on some of the action. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if they feel like they need to go with like practical source light just because mm-hmm. it's a night scene and like they don't have street lamps in space. But I mean, it is kind of like okay, well, I'm like squinting and trying to see what the hell's going on. Where I've actually like had to rewind a few times, um, especially with the last episode. Um, you know when they're like you know at a standoff. Mm-hmm. You know with um, what's her name? Oh, with Ming Nae Wen or Ming, whatever. Yes, thank you. What's her name? Say it again. Ming Nae Wen. Ming Nae Wen. When they're at a standoff with Ming Nae Wen's like character. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean sometimes that adds to the movie. It makes it feel like you're in it, but then there's other times mm-hmm. where it's just like, okay, I'm just losing what the hell's going on on the screen well unfortunately you never know because i haven't really looked into it it could be the compression rate that they have for their blacks going through the app Mm -hmm. as well like that is a big thing where like if you use certain things like if i were to use the hbo app to watch that episode of um game of thrones that was at night i probably wouldn't been able to see shit but if i watch it on television um, through Comcast or something like that, it'll come out much more clear. It just depends on a lot of a lot. Of, that's a big issue in streaming services mm-hmm. right now in general. So I could see that being a big problem for them. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a mm-hmm. good point because I forgot about that Game of Thrones episode where that was a huge <laughs> complaint. Yes. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, that being said, I've enjoyed you know for the most part the, the series, and I you know I. I had to adjust my expectations big time, mm-hmm. but that be usually right then and there, you know, you know, you're like dead on arrival with me, um, you know, where you're telling a completely different story than I thought I was getting. I mean, to a certain extent, you know, we are getting a Western. It's just we're not getting a spaghetti Western, you know, that I thought we we're getting. Mm-hmm. I, we're, we're getting more of like Bonanza. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, I, I shouldn't say Bonanza, but maybe more of a like a John Wayne type Western. Okay. Um, but it's still well done, and it's still a cool story, and I'm still intrigued by everything I'm seeing and finding out. And I like that there's a mystery element into mm. it because it does like what does this mean for like you know the bigger scope of things, the grander scope of things, um, you know, like that you have this powerful force user out there. Um, so young, you know, what happens to him in the future? That That's a good point. And then, like, what the hell's going on with the Mandalorians? Mm-hmm. You know, the last we saw them was in Rebels, and, you know, they seem to be thriving as a, as a society, and now they're, like, you know, living underground, it seems like. So... I, Sabine is a terrible leader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit went wrong, apparently. <laughs> But, I mean, they do come into odds with the Empire and everything like mm-hmm. that, you know, in that show. But it felt like the future was a lot more promising. And from what we've seen, at least, you know, with, you know, other shows, I'm thinking of Forces of Destiny. So, um, but... Deep cuts, deep she cuts. Keeps on, well, she keeps on working with the mm-hmm. Rebels and everything like that. So, um, it's interesting to see how they got here, you know. So, I hope they go into that. I really do. I hope we kind of figure out what exactly happened and, you know, we'll see. I mean, we only have three episodes left, so, but <laughs> I mean, there's, there's going to be another season. We know that mm. at this point they're, they're already filming it. So, um, but yeah, no, there's, I mean, nerds have to know, God damn it. Right. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't seen a lot of articles either about that. And maybe I'm just not looking at the right sites. 
you know, talking about like, okay, and maybe there's been a book or a video game or something uh-huh. like that that I've missed out on that explains everything, but I'm a little lost, you know, with the mythos at this point. So definitely comment below. Yes. Let <laughs> us know if you know something we don't. One thing I do want to say, I, I really hope we get more Kara Dune. Yeah, I do feel like she'll return, mostly because I saw an image and it seemed like she was in a different scene. Of Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know what image you're talking about. Uh-huh. Though. Um, but I really, you know, with, you know, IG-11 and everything being disposed of in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it seems like she's kind of, I was like, are, are these all characters that are, like, one-offs, you know, for the story? Are we going to see them again? I mean, even, even if she doesn't return this season, you know, sh- there's a possibility that she could return in the second season. I really dug what we saw from mm-hmm. her, you know, being, in, like, an ex-shock trooper and everything like that. I thought that was a really cool storyline. And I like the dynamic between the two characters. So, I don't know. I think that was my biggest surprise about Mingyne Wen's character. I, I didn't realize she was going to be, you know, in it for like 10 minutes and get killed. Yeah. You know? And I wish we got a like better look of like, you know, her whole like mm-hmm. costume and everything. Because, you know, I'm a toy nerd. So, obviously, I see a new mask and helmet. I want, it, I want the toy. Because <laughs> <laughs> we kind of got a, like an up close look. I'm sure they'll put out something. Maybe. Uh, eventually they yeah. will. Uh, but we got this up close look of her, you know, when she's like, you know, sniping away. And then we didn't really get to see her in, like, full garb, you know? So, you know, and I love her as an actress, mm-hmm. so I was hoping that there'd be more for her. And they set her up as a real badass, too. So, and you know there'll be tons of, like, fan fiction and everything like that, you know, based off her character now. So that's but all I, I could have is a little bit of a story, mm-hmm. and then, you know, fans are going to run with it. I, I could have used two more minutes of her defending herself. Do you th- she, she might not be dead. Too. She was shot in the gut. Yeah, but they're all aliens. We don't know what they're healing like. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, she could survive it. Sure. Now, who do you think is approaching her in that scene, that final scene of episode five? You know, people were speculating once again, this is all probably bullshit and just Mm. nonsense because they heard the jingling of spurs. You know, and there was a little bit of a cape. They're like, could that be Boba Fett? You know? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you're going to get that until this show is off the Uh air. You know, people wanting, like, Boba Fett to show up. Um, Do you feel like that could be a possibility? Or do you have another idea who that could possibly be? Do you feel like it's just Carl Weathers' character? it, It very much could be. But, you know, if everyone has a tracking fob out there... Mm-hmm. For Baby Yoda, I wouldn't be surprised if Boba Fett showed up. I mean, I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be, you know, <laughs> it's not out of the realm of possibilities. It'd be a cool way to, like, end, like, the first season, mm-hmm. like, them at, like, a standoff or something like that. Um, that'd be really cool, um, you know, but I don't know if I see them doing that. I feel like that's something they're going to save, you know, at this point. Because it's like people have been clamoring for it since like Return of the Jedi, the Return of Boba mm-hmm. Fett. You know, do you do it here? You know, does he become like you know the main villain of this story? Um, you know, since he doesn't seem to like you know from everything we know of him and Jango like hold like the Mandalorian ideals you know to the high regard that you know Mando does. So. Um, you know, it feels like a natural, you know, antagonist for him. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'd love it. He shows up and he immediately takes off his helmet. 
just <laughs> yeah right like fuck your shit <laughs> fuck your religion um yeah no uh i don't know i don't know I, is there any other person that you could think of that it could possibly be because it definitely feels like it's set up to make mm-hmm. you sit there and speculate and i mean it could just be a new character that they're introducing Maybe i mean it's just it's because of this time period that i'm not 100 percent certain mm-hmm. i mean how crazy would it be if it was Han? <laughs> no, that's true. That's a lot of fucking CGI they, work. Yes, but <laughs> they wouldn't. They wouldn't be able to get. I don't him see. Back. Yeah, I don't <laughs> see Han wearing spurs. Really, I can see it. Uh, I totally see it. Maybe. And a cape, though. He's got a cape. Han's not rocking a fucking. He's not cape. rocking a cape. <laughs> um, hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, okay. So far, do, would you recommend The Mandalorian? Um, absolutely. I feel like any Star Wars fan could still get behind this show. Yeah. No, even with me, once again, having to change my expectations and, you know, not getting that grittier side of the Star Wars that I thought it was going to get. I mean, it's still there, but it's definitely, I don't know, kind of glossed up mm-hmm. a little. Um, I'm still really enjoying the show. So and that score, man, I love the score. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> it's awesome. I feel like it's one of the best pieces to come out outside of John Williams' work. I agree. I agree, hundred percent. All right. Well, now we gotta move on to wrestling. Oh, good. Let's talk about that word fake. It's very apropos, Cody, that you use that word fake because when I think of the word fake, I think of you. I think of that platinum blonde hair that looks like a cat pissed on it. I think of those Gary Busey-esque beaver teeth that I could land a helicopter on. And I think of all the times you look at these fans and claim you care about them. Well, guess what, Cody? I'll give you this. There's one thing about you that's very real. And that's your shitty little lisp. <laughs> Oh, oh, sucker and succotaz, Cody. I'm so sorry. Did I offend you, huh, bud? Oh, are you guys upset? Damon hates wrestling. All right, so up front, Christian, we are going to start changing the format around with wrestling. Um, Just because of when we actually record the show, it's hard to really do a review of, Mm -hmm. you know, well, fuck, SmackDown. (laughs) <laughs> and to preview, you know, the pay-per-views, yes. WWE-wise at least. Um, so we're going to start just sticking to, like, news and notes. Um, we'll talk, you know, talk about the shows here and there. But we're not going to do straight, like, reviews like we always did. We might say that for the Patreon, maybe. Um, you know, we'll, we'll hash that out and there'll be announcements soon to come. Yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah, so, uh, but, so... Let's talk some wrestling news. Uh, we haven't talked New Japan in quite a while, but we got lots of news this past weekend out of New Japan. Uh, we got the whole Wrestle Kingdom 14 card. Yes, Damon. Both nights, goddammit. Both nights. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, um, so let's go ahead and break it down, Christian. Yes, starting off for night one, we have Okada versus Ibushi uh, for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. We also have Jay White versus Naito for the Intercontinental title. We have Osprey versus um, Hiramu for the um, Junior Heavyweight title. 
We have Lance Archer versus John Moxley, who has made his return this last weekend, mm-hmm. uh, in a Texas death match for the U.S. title. Who knows what that means? <laughs> <laughs> well, as we saw this week, it meant no rules. <laughs> okay. I feel like that's just how it is in New Japan, but it's <laughs> sure. neither here nor there. But uh, We have the Gorillas of Destiny versus David Finley and Juice Robinson for the tag titles. Uh, we have Goto Yano... Uh, Yoshihashi versus Kenta, Bad Luck Fale, um, Takahashi, and Chase Owens, the crown jewel. Uh, we have <laughs> Sonata, Evil, Takagi, and Bushi versus Zack Sabre Jr., um, Suzuki, Taichi, and Desperado. I can't wait to see, you know, Hiromu actually show up with the full team, by the way. I haven't seen any interaction between any of them yet. So I- I'm kind of interested to see. I'm, I'm assuming... That they've been building up and saving it, but I, I haven't been watching the product at the moment. Yeah. But how much is going on? I've got a lot of catching up to do. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then finishing off for night one, I have here um, Liger's retirement match, which is an eight Part man. one. Part one, yes. Which is just a you know plethora of legends in one match. Yes, I don't know if that's like a traditional like Japanese like retirement match um, thing, but... I was under the impression he was like doing a gauntlet or something. That's but... what I thought I heard too. But um, it seems like both nights we're getting like a just a giant legends tag. Mm. So, um, but yeah, I, I found that interesting because I heard the same thing where it was going to be like some kind of weird gauntlet thing, you know. And maybe that you know they just haven't announced that yet. But yeah, that's what we have so far at least. Um, but all right, so night two, January fifth. Yes. Um... <laughs> Kind of more of the same. We have, um, you know, just to continue on, we have Liger, uh, his second match, uh, which is also a tag match against uh, Hiramu and Ryu Lee. Uh, his partner will be Sano. And Ryu, Ryu Lee is actually uh, formerly Dragon Lee. Oh, okay. Um, he had to change his name just due to some kind of copyright thing or something like that. I, I think that's totally weird that it's Dragon Lee teaming up with Hiramu. Because, yeah, Western style, you usually have that be, like, the first person mm-hmm. he faces off with, you know? Since, yeah, you know, that, that feels like you're leaving money on the table, but maybe something comes out of it. Because that feels like that could be a huge feud right there. This is the guy that broke my fucking neck. Exactly. <laughs> but they're tagging. So I mean, if Hiramu wins the title, then, I mean, Dominion, I would, I would put Dragon Lee against him. Yeah, That's right? I mean, it only makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this is a different culture, so True. they do right. a lot of things differently. <laughs> and a lot of it for the better, honestly. Um, up next, we have Phantasmo and Ishimori going up against Sho and Yo of Rapungi 3K. Or do they even call themselves that anymore at this point? I think they still do. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we have definitely some catching up to do. Yes, about six months, honestly. <laughs> Um, something that I thought was backwards was Juice Robinson versus whoever wins the IWGP title, uh, the U.S. title. Yeah, I'm not sure what, you know, it just, it feels like that second night is just a lot of, like, holdover from the first night. Mm. Um, you know, I thought maybe that they would be, like, fleshing out the card more with, like, you know, just be... With, like, different matches, you know, having, you know, like, guys who weren't necessarily allowed to be on, you know, Wrestle Kingdom last year. Because that, that was one of my, like, major, like, 
beefs with Wrestle Kingdom last year, there was a lot of names left off the card. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, okay, well, this would be a way to have like meaningful matches for everyone, you know, and spread across two nights. But it feels like we're getting a lot of like weird, like stip matches, especially with like the main event and the belts. Um, no, it's almost what I would expect from WWE to like just put on their main eventers two nights in a row. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe it'll work, but yeah, I was kind of expecting to just see like them, like, I don't know, give us more feuds. So, but we're just kind of getting like, okay, well, if you win this match, you get to face this guy in this match, you know, the next night. And I don't know. I don't know if that works for me. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, up next, I got Zack Sabre Jr. versus Sonata for the British Openweight title. Next up, we have the losers match, pretty much. Uh, the loser <laughs> of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the loser of the IWGP IC title match. Um, I, it feels like a weird option to throw on there. So, uh, right now, it sounds like people are kind of speculating that, you know, the winner of this match will get a future title shot somewhere down the line so because otherwise yeah who would give a shit about seeing the two losers <laughs> wrestle each other so it's not well, like you're gonna get a medal or something like that when it's okada and jay white i guess you gotta throw them on the second night right? uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> you better knock on wood christian <laughs> i know i know. <laughs> um tanahashi versus jericho which I was still surprised. I, I totally forgot Jericho was going to be a Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, he showed up this weekend and they did a little video. Mm-hmm. Like, well, he didn't actually show up, but they did a little video promo and everything like that. So um, I'm I'm interested in that match. I think it'll be fun. I don't know if this is going to be like Jericho's last run and everything like that. Um, it'll be, um, I don't know. We'll see what they do with the fact that, you know, Jericho will probably still be the champion at that point of, you know, AEW. So do they mention that? You know, I'm sure they won't allow him to have the belt, mm-hmm. you know, with him. Um, is AEW going to be protective of him? Like, you know, do they really want him doing the job in New Japan? Um, it'll, it'll, I don't know. I don't know. But I don't see Jericho winning the match. Yeah. So we'll see. Unless they've got, like, bigger plans for him down the line. No, I, I definitely don't see him winning the match. I don't know. And I wonder if they would pull up the whole AEW versus New Japan angle. But it doesn't seem like they've mentioned it once up to this point. So no, just and they right now from what we hear, there's no working relationship exactly. between the two. So and there's at least on AEW side, I mean, from what, you know, their guys are saying, there's not going to be anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So I mean they might be blowing smoke, I don't know, but it doesn't seem like there's a future there right now. All right, and of course we got the big one, which is the IWGP Heavyweight Champion versus the Intercontinental Champion in a double title match. So they're going to combine the titles, pretty much. So, do you feel like the stipulation makes things feel anticlimactic for the first night? For the first night, I mean, a little bit, but at the same time, if it's if they angle the journey correct, then I don't have a problem with it. If it's just Okada. Winning every night, and then I do have fun. <laughs> you know, that's the fear, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and you know, I think the problem is for me is I haven't been following the product close enough. You know, I hear like the highlights and everything, and you know, see the highlights, but I haven't been really like you know following it. You know, every you know show, so I don't know what the build really has been. 
you know, for, you know, these matches. So I need to go back and really, mm-hmm. like, you know, rewatch. I mean, last I heard, Okada was just like, why Why would I want the IC title? You know? <laughs> it really feels like no one really wants the mm-hmm. IC belt. And I wouldn't be surprised if whoever gets the IC belt or if New Japan just kind of just merges it and just, like, you know, forget it. You know, it just mm-hmm. it disappears, you know, from existence. They have enough titles. They do. <laughs> they absolutely do. So, um, but okay. Do you have a prediction at least who's going to be in that second night? We're not going to predict the whole show at this point, but who's going to make it to that second night, um, you know, in the championship match? I mean, I want it to be Kota versus um, Naito. I feel like that's the best match, the Mm -hmm. best story. You don't think Naito versus Okada is the best story? I feel like Naito versus Okada is probably the better story if Naito finally overcomes him. I just don't see Naito overcoming that. Um, Naito overcoming Okada. <laughs> Even if they book it that way, <laughs> I just feel like that's like the natural story. It is, to, and I, know, would, I I would pop for it for mm-hmm. sure. But I also want to see more for Kota at this point. I agree. And Coda's definitely the future, even though he's older than everyone thinks he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that's, you know, where they're going to really, you know, go with, you know, what they're going to go with um, from here out. I mean, obviously, Okada's going to be fine and everything like that. But I feel like they need to, you know, start well, including... Last time he lost the title, he went a little nuts, man. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But, you know, he's back to, you know, his regular like you know rainmaker self at this point the shorts yes yes the shorts are back the blonde hair is back um but they need to start you know making you know another like big four so and i think you know bushi now that he's you know you know full time there i feel like he's definitely you know a guy that they Mm -hmm. you know strapped a lot of hope into so um you know obviously that you know he won fucking g1 at this point so um, they've got a lot invested in them. I don't know. I don't know. I, I I just don't foresee, you know, a situation where Jay White is in this match at all. Um, it feels like that, you know, Naito has to overcome Jay White at this point. Um, they love Jay White, though. They do. They do. And that's what scares me. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to see Jay White versus Okada. Um, and that's what I'm scared of. You know, at this point, and Jay White's also another guy that they've kind of groomed to be one of those top guys. You I feel know, like uh, about. Jay White is like getting is Jay White winning both titles by the end of the night is like getting the worst ending in the video game where you made all the wrong decisions. You know? Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I I have nothing but respect mm-hmm. for him, but you know, sometimes he kind of sticks out like a sore thumb to me. Um, with New Japan because he is such a Western style heel at times, you know, and just even his work, um, you know, he's coming more into his own and I enjoy him, you know, I do, but there's such a style contrast at times, you know, in his matches. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's ready for that. Mm -hmm. You know, I know he's already had the belt, but it just feels like it's too much too soon. So... I wouldn't be surprised either way, though, honestly, at this point. <laughs> so they always surprise me regardless. I'm surprised they're not even just calling this, like, the battle to be ace of New Japan. You yeah. Know? Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't think Tanahashi would really appreciate that, though. Fuck yeah. Tanahashi. <laughs> he can still go, Christian. God damn it. Yeah, he can still go, but he can go fuck himself. As well. uh, okay. <laughs> okay, Chief. <laughs> Let's pump the brakes. All right. Well, WWE side, uh, they had some releases recently. Yes, WWE actually released someone. <laughs> exactly. That's crazy, right? <laughs> Uh, Luke Harper got released. Who the fuck else got released, Christian? Sin Cara and The Ascension. I don't even know if you remember The Ascension at this point. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while since we've Uh seen The Ascension. I mean, they're not even out there, like, chasing the uh, 24-7 title. Mm. Like, I feel like the last time we were seeing them was with the, um, oh, God, what are they called? The Fashion Police, like, in those segments, which I actually really enjoyed. Um... So, uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've seen uh, The Ascension. Uh, do you foresee them popping up anywhere else? Or do you feel like they're just going to be on the indie scene from here out? Um, I I mean, I see, I have a lot of hopes for Luke Harper in general. I'm, uh, I'm not talking about Luke Harper. Oh, the Ascension. the Ascension. Luke Harper's definitely popping up somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Victor can really go. And I, I feel like he was held back a lot in WWE. Do you think they part as a team? Um, Do you I think feel they... like maybe if, if it doesn't work out, I feel like if their tag team doesn't work out in the Indies initially, maybe mm-hmm. they'll split up. Because they definitely have the rights to that name. Mm-hmm. So, And I don't know if there's really money there. I feel um, like they wouldn't want to keep the name The Ascension anyway. It's just, I mean, they were so over in NXT. Mm-hmm. What a fucking waste. I mean, and they just, they ruined them like within a month. It was just horrible. I mean, horrible what they did to The Ascension. Um, it made no sense mm-hmm. whatsoever. So, um, you know, maybe they choose to just part ways and they feel like the name's just too tainted at this point and the gimmick's too tainted and... You know, like you say, Victor goes on and, you know, gets himself a nice single career. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 Sin Cara will definitely land on his feet. Yeah. Uh, he'll be fine. Hopefully. I mean, yeah. instead of botching on every, <laughs> every three months. Not this Sin Cara. This True. Sin Cara's the last better. Sin Cara was yes. worse. This is Sin Cara 2, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Harper, though. That's, I mean, where do you, where would you like to see Harper go? I feel like there's going to be definitely a little bit of a bidding war for Harper. Um, I would like to see Harper go to AEW, but I could totally see him, you know, uh, collar and elbow with um, Lance Archer <laughs> on New Japan, you know? Yeah, or even teaming with Lance Archer. Exactly. How great would that be? And he's such, he has such a Bruiser Brody-like vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, New Japan would love to have him on the Sorry, I would think, especially with like their Western expansion, um, it would only make sense, um, you know. But I, like you said, I, I could see him in AEW. I could see like Ring of Honor making a play for him also. So I or Impact, like, like everyone always forgets true. about Impact, <laughs> but you know people do go there. I think Ring yeah. of Honor is in such a bad state right now in general mm-hmm. that I I don't know if, if talent are interested in going there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they'd have to put a lot of money on the table, mm-hmm. I think, right now. So, um, you know, or just, you know, angle it just right where we're going to go with you and give you a, a huge push and give them a lot of control. Um, but I don't know. There's a lot of mismanagement happening in Ring of Honor, it sounds like. So, 
Um, but, you know, I'm really excited for Luke Harper, though. I'm, I'm happy that he finally got his wish. Freedom. Um, yes, yes. Um, and I hope he makes the most out of it. I'm sure he will, because he's a fucking fantastic wrestler. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, and then we also got some really early Hall of Fame. Like, yeah, I was surprised. Like, really early. Um, Batista and the NWO are both entering the Hall of Fame in Tampa. Um, the NWO consists of, apparently, um, Hall, Mash, Hogan, and X-Pac, which I thought was odd because, like, X-Pac was, like, the, the sixth member to join the NWO. Mm. So he doesn't always, he doesn't stand out to me as, like, an original member or anything like that. Um, so I thought that was weird. I don't know if they're just throwing X-Pac a payday, maybe? Uh, maybe they want him to redo his speech. I don't know. Oh, yeah. His speech was bad <laughs> last year. Do you think they do the ring gimmick that they did uh, last year? What was the... What they was... had it in the ring instead. They didn't do like, oh, a stage. Yeah. The setup was completely different. I feel like they'll keep it, was, it the same. It felt like they're trying to do it like a little more relaxed. You know what? Maybe not, though. After having a guy jump the rail <laughs> and attack Bret Hart. <laughs> the fucking balls on that guy to do it there. Uh-huh. Where you know the first five rows of that audience is all fucking wrestlers. You know? Who all love Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was just pure insanity. Pure insanity. Uh, maybe Enzo will uh, jump the rails. <laughs> you know? He fucking would. Yeah, he would. <sighs> uh, but yeah, so, but Batista, you know, I felt like was pretty obvious at mm. this point. Yeah, the NWO, I don't know. It does nothing for me just because they're all already in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. at this point. So I get it. Like, I mean, the NWO, the concept, the faction definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But I don't know, maybe two years from now or something I like don't that. know. Well, especially after need, DX. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's know? what I'm trying to say. Like. Back to back with DX, I've, I felt like it was unnecessary. It feels like it's a waste of a slot, mm-hmm. too. Like someone else deserving could go in, you know, like Christian or someone like that. Yes, so like Christian. Yes, get, not you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't deserve anywhere near the Hall of Fame. <sighs> not even the Hall of Fame of podcasting. Oh, ouch. <laughs> Let alone the WWE's Hall of Fame. And that's why I carry the title. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So, but yeah, I, I'm wondering why they announced it early though. I have no idea. Cause this is extremely early. Cause it's that. usually around like the rumble, right? Mm-hmm. So that's weird. All right. But anyway, who knows? Well, Damon, get excited because AEW is coming back to Chicago again in the, uh, like couple months. <laughs> yes. They announced their next pay-per-view, uh, revolution. That's right, Damon. It's going to be February 29th. Um, the tied to C2E2. Yes, they didn't announce that part, but it, it feels like it's definitely, you know, obvious. Mm, well, they they announced that they're going to C2E2, and yeah. then shortly after they announced the Revolution of Yeah, so. and it's like that weekend. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> and it's like, what, like a... Next door to yes, it? Literally. Yes, literally. <laughs> Smart, though. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. I'm surprised that they're going back to Chicago again, though. I know. I was like... There's other towns, guys. <laughs> now we're, and we're from Chicago. Exactly. <laughs> it's like spread the love a little. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that's exciting for us. Mm. I mean. <laughs> I'm actually going to look at tickets next weekend. Okay. We'll see. All right, man. <laughs> All right. So maybe we'll actually get like an on-the-spot like report. Absolutely. So man <laughs> about town. I'm going Although to run into the C2E2. ring. C2E2. Exactly. So you're going to do both? 
Yes. Well, that's a nice. You're not doing both. What do you mean? <laughs> I know you. You're not doing both. <laughs> I'm going to go some stupid anime rave or something no. weird. <laughs> Don't lie to these people. Man, if there's a wrestling event in town, it's AEW. I might as well go to that instead of a rave. We'll see, Christian. We'll see. <laughs> I know how much you love your glow sticks. Don't worry. I won't come with a wellness violation. <laughs> Speaking of wellness violations, we had two this week. Which is insane because we haven't had any in like three years since I think it was Paige, the last person who got popped for one. So uh, Robert Roode and Primo Cologne, who everyone was surprised that he was actually still with the company. Um, So, but it explains why Robert Roode was kind of written off the storylines this past like couple weeks. So, um, I don't know. It just feels odd. You know, that it was, like, there's been really, like, three or four years since the last one. Because, mm-hmm. you know, with most, like, sporting, like, organizations, you get, like, a couple every year. It's only natural. I mean, especially, like, you know, getting popped for, like, supplements and stuff like that. Not even, like, hardcore stuff or being on the juice. Um, but, but yeah, no, it, you know, it is what it is. I'm not calling bullshit, but, you know, <laughs> I might be calling bullshit. I mean, we've seen a lot of issues with alcohol in the last few years, especially with Jeff Hardy and the uh, the twins, the Usos. But um, I it was it's it Isn't is. Isn't it weird though that that's not like a wellness violation? I, I I mean, I would have considered it one, but I didn't realize that that's not in. No, there. well, they didn't. From what we know, mm-hmm. like all that we heard about any kind of repercussions for them was you know. WWE's little statement, like, you know, they're grown men who are, you know, responsible for their own well-being and their actions. We didn't hear of any, like, suspensions. But maybe, like, them being off camera for the last, like, three or four months, that that was, like, their low-key, like, Mm -hmm. kind of suspension that's been, like, you know, happening. Maybe it was an ultimatum that they said, you know, hey, you either need to go to rehab, you know, get yourself better, and, you know, or you don't have a job. Mm -hmm. So, especially with Hardy. You know, I mean, I mean, the Usos were popped for like what, like three Deweys. Yes. It felt like <laughs> it even had become a joke on screen, and then they did it again. <laughs> yes, that week I forgot about that. Uh-huh. Where Cena fucking made a joke, right? And their their rap battle or whatever the fuck they were doing. Uh, yeah, that was a bad look. <laughs> that was a first of all, you don't joke about it, uh-huh. you know. And then all of a sudden, the guy, the guy that you're making the joke about gets popped again for it. Wow. That's crazy. But so. what I was going to say was, uh, you know, it's interesting that, you know, Robert Rude was actually getting a weird kind of push there for a little while. And then, I mean, with this, I mean, this kind of ruins it for him. But yeah, you know, that last match he had against Roman Reigns, I remember sitting there thinking about like, wow, he's really like going toe to toe with Roman. And it, it was like a good like 15 minute match, I want to say. And I actually enjoyed the match. And then, you know, they did the injury angle, and I didn't really think anything of it. I, I Honestly, with the way they do injury angles, I was expecting him to be back on camera the next week. Yeah. Um, but then we didn't see him. And I, once again, I still didn't think anything of it. I thought maybe he'd show up at the pay-per-view, but apparently that's not going to be the case. <laughs> so I don't know if his, like, you know, suspension started then, or, you know, is it retroactive? I have no clue. But, yeah, we won't see Robert for a little bit. All right, well... That's going to do it for this week. Uh, Before we close, I want to talk about BigHeadMedia.com. That's one of the networks that we are a part of. Tons of great shows, tons of great merch. Go over there, check it out. That's right. You can also check out our other uh, network, DCP, uh, DramaCityProductions.com. 
Go ahead, download the show, and check out all the other great podcasts over there. Uh, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast app, make sure to subscribe and rate us five stars. That's right. And leave a review while you're at it. Yes. Those are little things that matter to a small independent podcast like ourselves. Um, if you're looking to support us in any way, you could head over to ProWrestlingTees.com. You could buy a shirt. You could buy a logo. That's right. Get your nerd swag on. Help support the show. Exactly. Uh, if you're looking for any news about the show, we are on all the social media platforms. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, maybe TikTok someday if we ever want to. No. No? No? no. Okay. So, so definitely go and follow <laughs> us. Is that on... the lip sync like weird app? Kind of. Now it's become kind of like the new Vine, oh, just in general. God, I can't handle another fucking <laughs> platform, man. <laughs> so, yeah, no, but yeah. Give us a follow, and not only news about the show, but just nerd news in general. Exactly, and memes. Yes, a lot of memes. <laughs> yeah, and if you enjoyed our new uh, intro, you can go ahead and check out Them Guilty Aces. They're on iTunes right now. They're also on YouTube, and if you're in the Chicagoland area, go ahead and check out a show. They're an awesome rockabilly band uh, that has a lot of great music. And as always, you're listening to... Gre- and as always, you're listening to DJ Greg Brebner. Just make sure... <laughs> And as always, you're listening to DJ Greg Brebner. You can check out his stuff on Instagram and on SoundCloud. You can download this very song right now. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Yes. My name's Christian. And my name's Sammy. That's The Amazing Nerd Show. I have spoken. <laughs>